Hello, my darlings. Passion pod number 52 for you this week, courtesy of Chef Paul Welburn. He's just opened up Tonic and Remedy, brand new near Old Street Station, doing all sorts of amazing deliciousness. Uh, And he was on Great British Menu, don't you know? Just how we roll. So let's tuck right in. And that was actually a bit of a pun, so that's slightly embarrassing. Oh, also, don't forget that if you like foodie things, if you go on the website and listen to this podcast, or at least click on it on the Passion Pods website, passionpods.co.uk, you can see on the right-hand side loads of other podcasts that will be related to the podcast that you're listening to. So if food's your thing, then there'll be loads on the right, or if art's your thing, then there'll be loads on the right. You get the drift. Right, that's quite enough a complicated explaining. Time to listen. You're listening to Passion Pod number 52 with Paul Weldon. Okay, so in a nutshell, Paul, Tonic and Remedy, how would you describe it? Like if you're in a bar yep. and you heard someone talking about it, what would you like, how would you like them to describe it? I think a fun, quirky, uh, a little bit of nostalgic, um, off the wall, relaxed, humble. Um, I think that's what we're trying to go for. We're not trying to be gimmicky, we're not trying to be uh, wacky, we're just trying to be good value, uh, friendly. You've got um, me, I'm ready for it, yeah. let's go. Yeah, yeah. That's what we I mean, that's, that's what you know, we've kind of brought here with a team um, and trying to make ourselves known in the area, which is just obviously in London, so saturated restaurants and bars. So easy, really easy task. All we're trying to do. <laughs> how, did it, how was it born? Like, give me a little potted history of you uh, and what, what you've got up to. I've, well, my, myself. Yeah, I mean, obviously, how... myself, I mean, I've, obviously I've done quite a few different restaurants before. Um, I had a mission start at the age of 25, 26. As you do. As you do. Um, so I kind of joined CIS as a... Um, a couple of years ago, again, second time round, um, with this place in mind. And it's kind of been a bit of a journey between the company and myself and the team, um, just trying to bring this place to uh, what is what is out there at the moment, what's a little bit different, so we're not trying to be copying anyone else or doing something uh, generic, and also trying to reflect to the past as well, which I think people like to do. I think um, different generations like to look back on what was happening before. And on top of that, I think also people who are younger want to look back and see what other people, you know, the history it's quite a big thing nowadays in food and in drinks um, so we're kind of looking at that kind of uh, medicinal sort of historical sort of element into the food and the drinks the herbal uh, well obviously with the area being well known for apothecary um, the, sort of the spices the alcohols the herbs that we used in the past given our little twist into the cocktails and the drinks and obviously into the food as well and is that something for you that is really important in terms of your cooking does that sort of tend to be your style or it's a little bit new to me but I think it's you know chefs evolve throughout the years with different styles and the different techniques that are going through um, in the cities and the world um, but I think you know my food's always been very humble and very clean and very honest and I think we're just sort of taking that and bringing it into that kind of concept you know we're not trying to recreate the wheel we're just trying to bring a little bit of our flavour profile from the food that I like the team like and matching it with the concept so you talked about the team a bit is the team and you've come with a specific group of people that's obviously quite an important part of, of setting up this place is it or? yeah I mean obviously there's, there's obviously two sides to it there's a from the back of house um, obviously the back of house the, the kitchen um, all the guys who are working there uh, have either worked with me before or have come through my kitchens um, a lot of them have been with me for years or have gone away into restaurants and come back so it's, it's the nature of, of your industry a bit, isn't it? It is, yeah. You know, you, you've got an element of you know seeing some people you've trained up and brought through the years, um, and then you also see how they develop, and then how they can bring uh, another angle to your food, the concept, and the, the standard in the kitchen. It's really cool, that isn't it? it? Is, yeah. to, to touch base again down the line and bring in the influences that they've had from very going much so. sort of positive. Well, I think you know, like everyone looks in books and, and TV and in restaurants, you know, we're the same thing with your staff you know you try and take a little bit from them that they've picked up along the way um, 
and you know if not then you become stagnant and you don't really evolve and I think restaurants and food and drinks and service if they don't evolve I think you know they're, they're, they're one dimensional it gets sort of boring exactly it? yeah um, so just you on a personal level how, how did it sort of start for you is it always chefs or always what you've been or well yeah I mean obviously I'm from Scarborough and Yorkshire originally um, and I kind of I always enjoyed food I think you know food for me was always something that was important in the way of the family the round table the kind of the social aspect of it and I think, you know, I, I always had an interest in food. I always watched the, the TV programs back then. You know, and Gary Rhodes is one of the biggest, sort of, for me, like, influences in my career when I was younger. Um, I was lucky enough to work for him later in my career. And Amazing. actually, that's who I had uh, Mr. Star with. So, you know, he, he was very important to me. He was the first chef I worked for in London. Um, but I had worked at some of the best restaurants up north as well. Um, yeah, they do exist. Everyone's so do, bloody London-centric. Uh, well, you know, when I was coming through, you know, back in sort of the... Naughty, so around the 2000s, sort of, you know, there wasn't that many top restaurants in the north. There were some elements and great chefs, but it wasn't as well known. But I think now what's amazing is through probably TV and through the restaurants and people moving around this, this country, you know, I think north has got a great rivalry now to, to the south. Um, Keeps people on their toes a bit. Massively, you know, and I think, you know, there's restaurants in the north that are doing, you know, just as good if not better food in the south as well. Paul, tell me challenges. What, what is the biggest challenge of doing what you do or having open tonic and remedy? What, what's been the most difficult part on this journey? I think, obviously, you know, it's a new build, new, completely new restaurant, so obviously you've got the, the, the hurdles and the kind of teething problems you have with all restaurants. I imagine as well it's like even the basics of in the kitchen, like, yeah. because, you know, all the equipment's new and well, all that thing. stuff. In, in, in some restaurants you'll go in there, they're existing, they've been there for years, so you're kind of going there and just making your touches to the menu and the, and the standards, but here you're actually setting everything up from scratch, from, from zero, so it's a blank canvas for us, which is great in one way. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, exactly, it can be... A, twice as much hard work you know to try and get the systems in place and you're chasing your tail as well as opening and being busy and trying to get the reputation out there which again is hard in London you know London's a massive place with you know every single restaurant you can think of and you know we've found an area here in Shoreditch and it's about getting the word out and it's one of the hardest things is just getting out there to say we're open now you know this place here was a building site for so many years and you know it's an area where obviously it's up and coming but we're not quite there yet and from our point of view it's about saying hello we're open we're here come and see us and see what we do yeah just put make it's the hardest thing it's the word of mouth really you can't really generate that no of course yeah but it's exciting as well you know i mean i didn't become a chef to make it easy you know for me like this industry is is so hard anyway (laughs) wrong wrong career choice exactly no no it's so stressful it's so hard but i think in the end of it you know what you put into it you get out that's the main thing you know i tell everyone all my guys in the kitchen and girls um you know the, the main thing is that you know what you put into work life you'll get out eventually and i think it's it, it's uh, important that you don't come into it think it's an easy ride because it's not but again you have the benefits you know and i think seeing customers happy serving great food seeing the reaction that you get from people families friends parties you see that that's what it's great for us and having an open plan kitchen we've got we're lucky we're not in a basement, we're not in a dungeon, we're open plan, we get to see, interact. There's actual light, Paul. There's actual light, <laughs> and windows. For a chef, this is, this is a real, real Normally, bonus. Yeah, exactly, because most chefs, you know, they'll, they'll see pitch black in the morning, they'll leave work, pitch black at night, you know, and they lose that kind of connection with you know, daylight, and 
normality. And I imagine as well the people that you're, like you say, that you're serving, you know, you don't get to see that end result so often. That's right. Yeah. Which is such a big process mm. of you're slaving away, sweating away down there doing it, and you don't see yeah. the enjoyment, perhaps. Well, that's the thing, you know, we, you know it can have its negative reaction because if you're having a bad service <laughs> yeah. and they can see that, it's obviously what you don't want to see. It's like, don't swear loudly. Don't swear. Don't throw your hands. No, but in the end of it, it's, it has that bit where we can see what's going on. We can also see where people are enjoying it. And it's some of the guys, you can see in them, they're working hard, they're just they're determined on the job, but you can see their eyes are waving to the restaurant and you can see their reaction when the plates are going out, plates are going down in front and they enjoy more on the faces and that's one of the most important things. Yeah, it makes me excited even just yeah. hearing about it. Um, tell me, what one bit of advice do you wish you'd been given? If you were starting out to be a chef or to open somewhere, about to open somewhere like you've just done, what, yeah, what bit of advice would have been handy? Well, to be honest with you, I was kind of given some great advice when I was younger, which was literally, I mean, obviously I went to college, it was just fantastic, it gives you really good insight, but I think, you know, the main thing that I learned and I was told when I was younger was get in the industry, um, go head into it, you know, deep into it, do not, do not kind of go the easy route, and because, you know, you can glamorise this industry, you can find jobs out there that have less hours, have much comfort zone, you know, and have great social life, but unfortunately it's not what the industry is about. Where you want it at the top, and I've been lucky to obviously work in top restaurants, work for top restaurants, have awards, um, and represent my also my region on some of the top TV shows. I mean, I was in Great British Meat two years ago. Yeah, come on, we need and to that, talk about that. that. That's pretty amazing. I think to get to that stage there, you've got to sacrifice a lot and work hard for it. And nothing comes easily. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a great experience with the Great British Menu. I think you know that was a proud moment of mine to not just be part of a great, great competition, a great TV show, but also. To represent my region was a proud moment for me. Yeah, I love that show. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's a, for me, it's had one of the best TV shows of the many years. I think it's the reason why it keeps going. It's getting more popular every year. Um, and I think for chefs to be able to represent their region, not just themselves, you're doing it for your region. And let's be fair, the region where you come from, your family, your friends, you know, everything brings you up as a child. That's what makes you the person you are. You influence through your moves around the world, around the, around the, um, the country, but it's so nice to go back and say I'm representing what made me what I am and also I think it comes back to what we were saying earlier in the terms of there's so much going on outside London it's a chance you know if you're into your food for us to sort of know of chefs that are exactly. know, in different regions exactly because so many chefs unless they're the sort of the household names which let's be fair they don't need promoting they, their names are well known enough there's chefs out there who are unknown um, but are probably doing some fantastic food out there and deserve to be seen and recognised and I think those kind of shows um, are not just kind of you know trying to glorify the industry because it's not I mean those those shows I can say right now are as tough if not tougher than being in the kitchen, kitchen. day to day well it's because you've got a camera in your face well, all the time camera in your face all the oh. time you've got the whole nation watching you you've got the pressure of you know it's competition you're representing your region, you know, and also rather you than me, my exactly. Love. And, and the brief last year was unbelievable with the the, the the war, and that was just like quite humble. And I think that's why I think you know, and you bring that into the food as well. We're not saving lives. We're not. That's not what we're doing. We're literally making pleasure and great enjoyment for people. And I think people get lost in that, thinking that it's just glamorised. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're playing God. We're not. We're just chefs. And you know, if you keep to that, keep humble, keep honest, you'll go a long way. You've been listening to Passion Pod number 52 with Paul Weldon. Thanks very much, Paul, and accompanying background noises. Some good coffee machine action in there, wasn't there? I don't know if you noticed, but it's all very nice and authentic. If you're a chef, best place to do it is in your restaurant, really, isn't it? Uh, So if you like that, 
Don't forget, we've got loads on our iTunes. You can subscribe if you just head to iTunes and type in Passion Pods. Also, we run a little newsletter as well once a month. Don't worry, not going to plague your inbox too much. Little summary of what we've been up to. So you can sign up to that on our website, which is passionpods.co.uk. Or if you have started your own business or you're a creative or you do your own thing, I would love to hear from you. You can drop me an email. I fancy having a natter at passionpods.co.uk. It's on our website, if that's just a bit too much to remember. So next week, I'm excited. Hula hoops. Yeah, you did hear me right. Not edible, I'm afraid, as far as I'm aware. That's what I love about making these. Whoever would have thought I'd be able to chat to a hula hooper about how she makes that her business. Amazing. So make sure you listen to that, or you can just subscribe on iTunes and it'll just plop into your little podcast app. Big fat thanks as ever for listening.